your life. First step I want to give you on how to better your life from one nobody to another. First and foremost, cut out anything that does not help you or push you to where you want to be. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Everybody wants to rule the world. But what do the people that rule the world actually do? They put forth consistent, powerful effort. They put forth everything they have towards their goal. They don't stop. They don't falter. They don't sway. They seek a goal, plain and simple. From all the books I've read, from all the people I've learned from, the best way to do this and to start out is to first start affirming it to yourself. You affirm, I have good habits. I seek the best for myself and those around me. What do you value would be the next question to ask. Knowing what you want first and foremost is the key to getting what you want. Say you want a new car. You don't say, I can't afford that yet. You would say to yourself, how can I afford that in X amount of time? When you set that forth in your mind, it is given shape and body by your imagination, by your soul. Controlling your soul is far more simple than manipulating energy through your body and generating a response. It is quite simply self-control. It is discipline. Look to the things in your life that you do. If you masturbate, what are you doing when you masturbate? Well, you are giving mind, body, and energy to things that do not benefit you. What, what does masturbating gain you? Masturbating gains you a, an addiction to pleasure. And in the sense that it, it's an addiction to pleasure, what that addiction gives you is trauma, suffering, shame, contempt, pain. Not to mention, on the physicality of it, you lose a large portion of energy physically, you lose motivation, you lose a great deal of respect for yourself, you lose... You lose respect for something sacred, for creating life, for creating a new air. The amount of vitamins, minerals, and water that you lose upon spanking your meat and giving away that much energy and effort for five minutes of pleasure, 10 minutes of pleasure, whatever it may be, in no way benefits you. You can give yourself the idea that perhaps, well, I'm training my mind. Uh, say you only jerk off right after you finished work. That is your success, your, your Pavlovian conditioning. You can say that conditioning yourself with such a method works very well for you. In the grand scheme of things, it does nothing. It does nothing at all for you. But waste your energy, your nutrients, your body, and your mind into nothing draining you of everything that you value and you hold dear to what to what end i ask controlling your soul comes down to discipline controlling your soul is knowing what you want out of your life first and foremost the biological imperative is to reproduce grow strong have a wife a child maybe two maybe more and to create something for yourself being remembered is not always relevant some people have far higher reaching goals to, to such an extent that procreation and creating offspring is no longer even on their mind. Other people, we could equate them to chronic masturbators, whether or not they pleasure themselves physically or mentally, mentally masturbate to the idea of something so absurd and something so otherworldly that they waste all their time, energy, and effort doing nothing for momentary pleasure. Knowing that there are things outside of our understanding in this physical world, angels, demons, spirits, gods, deities, whatever you would like to call them, 
and that they do have some influence within our lives, whether they're simply wandering souls, or whether you believe that God or Satan would even deign themselves to talk to you. Satan is the animal within you, the beast, hence why he is referred to as the beast, and God is your higher thinking. I put forth to you the ideas, what is lower thinking? Lower thinking can be equated to hatred, malice, contempt, greed, and envy. Now, look at those as a coin, each of those having two sides. Hatred, the opposite of the coin, being love. Contempt, the other side being empathy. And greed, the other side being benevolence. Greed and benevolence are the only two that, when paired together, will create one of the most powerful combinations of values. Being greedy for benevolent purposes is quite possibly one of the most wonderful things you can be. Take as much as you can without hurting anybody so that you may help everybody. That is one ideal that I think everyone ought to live by. Controlling your soul as well as understanding how the body works, how it functions. Looking down upon your body as if you were a king looking down upon his people. Your body being almost a mindless animal. The soul is what gives the body mind. Otherwise, we would simply be automatons of flesh made for the sole purpose of being a slave. And knowing this, how systems in place, such as the algorithms that run through large social media corporations and companies, play into our thoughts, our minds, and how they prey upon our baser or more animal instincts, our beastly instincts. In the same sense that crystals harbor a frequency, the MRI machines, magnetic resonance imaging, and encephalograms are able to read the frequency of our brain waves. Music also plays into what we think, how we act, what we are. And knowing this, you can somewhat connect the dots between a large variety of people. You could call this judging a book by its cover. Most people would say that this is a wrong idea. This is bad to think. But if you had the chance to ask people such as Joe Rogan, Bill Gates, Conor McGregor, perhaps Tyler Perry, Mike Tyson, what kind of music they listen to, they would probably tell you they don't really listen to music very often. Probably at most when they're driving or doing absolutely nothing that does not require their attention. And I mean their full and immediate attention. I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to music. I'm not saying that music is terrible for you. But what I am saying is to be far more cautious of what you put into your mind, body, and soul. To the foods that you eat, such as, let's say, pork products. Well, in a large variety of different religions, certain meat products are looked at as dirty or unclean. Let's look at why. Well, pork in particular has a very high probability of containing tapeworm eggs or tapeworms themselves. And what tapeworms do is quite literally equatable to the story told in the Garden of Eden. These snakes or worms will live within you, consuming what you consume so that you gain no sustenance. You gain no strength from these creatures that live within you. They are simply a parasite as a great variety of the things that we consume are upon our lives, from video games to television to music to just about anything else. Even the social gratitude and the social affirmation that we get from having our accounts on whatever it is that we do generate an addicting response to us. Back 
in the 1500s, it is very equatable to say that the amount of dopamine, that being the pleasure chemical within the brain, released when someone was listening to someone play a piano, listen to music, was far greater than any response we can get from people listening to whatever it is we're listening to today. And that is simply because in the same way that you build up a tolerance for caffeine to marijuana to amphetamines of any kind or any type of drug that has addictive tendencies, we build up a tolerance to dopamine to such an extent that eventually there's no way to fill the void of how much dopamine it is that we need. We are addicted to tobacco, to vape because it reduces our anxiety and it generates a pleasure response within our minds. We are addicted to music because it drowns out the silence, giving us a pleasure response from the beautiful sounds that we hear. We are addicted to masturbation. Masturbation especially is terrible, as the dopamine it produces is quite literally as cocaine is to drinking water. It's truly terrible as well, as these services that are offered to us to give these functions to us are solely there to prey on our thoughts, our soul, our mind and body. And it's not some deep conspiracy of stealing our soul's energy, at least not literally, not in a physicality way. If you believe in karma, then it is sort of siphoning one's karma, if you will. You are taking the positivity that someone would generate and create for themselves, taking it for yourself simply so they may experience pleasure in the long term. So they may experience pleasure uh, only, essentially. Hence the meme of the consumer being linked to that of the coomer. You are quite literally consuming everything that you are, not creating something for yourself, not creating you with your own two hands. Having experienced this firsthand, uh, I was a very avid listener of music through high school. Almost uh, not a day went by that I did not listen to full albums of variety, a myriad of different artists. Not a day went by that I didn't jerk off back in high school. Not a day went by that I didn't make a fool out of myself simply because I saw fit to not create for myself. I sought to sit down and do nothing, thinking to myself, well, my life hasn't even begun yet. I have more time. Then I picked up a book, not more than a couple years ago, and I read a line that struck a chord with me that said, only moment where you truly die is when you choose to stop living. And living equating to doing what it is to create for yourself. You may think... uh, going out partying, uh, drinking, listening to music, playing video games, or chasing after women is living. My brothers and sisters, mothers, fathers, sons and daughters, it is not living in the slightest. What you are doing is chasing a feeling. You are chasing pleasure. You are chasing a rabbit down a hole that you will never be able to fit through. In a sense, you could say that you are trying to thread a camel through the eye of a needle, and no greater analogy can be met. Even knowing this, we are still burdened and somewhat subject to all of these feelings and these temptations, if you will. And the greatest temptation of all is to sit down, relax, and do nothing when there is still a great amount of work to be done. Unless there is no work to be done for the day, unless there is absolutely nothing to do that could make your life better or the lives of others around you better, there's still a lot to do. That isn't to say, though, that you should live in a constant and perpetual anxiety or any type of fearful state. That is simply so that you can create the life that with which you see fit to live. There are a great deal of things that stop us on a daily basis from chasing after what we want, and most of those things 
as people from olden times would call, are demons, if you will. They are what people would call egregores, thought forms. If our body carries an electromagnetic aura, and that aura is in turn a sort of field of energy around us, when we work, give away energy to these beings, these thought forms, we create our own demons, and the demons that are already there simply exist already, feeding upon that which we create. And if the ones around you have been around longer and are far more hungry than you are, then their gluttonous nature will lead them to consume all of you, to consume your appetites for whatever it is that you desire. Be content with what you are given, but know that if you can achieve more, then you should, because the world is not as it should be to this day, and it'll take a long time for it to get there. And there are so many things about this place that are subject to inaction, greed, gluttony, lust, pride, envy, and wrath. So many people are subject to these base emotions. They are preyed upon by them, and it's truly saddening to know that so many of these people still will sit down after they come home knowing that, well, I may be contented, but are you happy? Are you happy doing it is that it is what you do? Are you happy doing what it is you do? Do you think that there is more than this for you, truly? Even from a standpoint of Christianity, it is not greedy to want more, but what is greedy is casting down others in pursuit of your own goals. You could look at this as the sleazy car dealer. The sleazy car dealer will cast down others more than gladly simply because he wants you to buy the car to line his pockets. He is not looking for the best value for you. He is looking to make the fastest amount of money, the largest amount of money. You can look to these, you can look to pride as the one who truly believes he knows it all because he made a name for himself as a great and powerful person in his field. But he, this pride will lead to arrogance, and that arrogance will lead to creating an air of smugness, an aura of what you would call a know-it-all. This keeps you from hearing the opinions of others, those who might know more about the situation than you do. This then leading to creating dissension amongst you and your peers. People not knowing how to deal with the problems that are before them because the person that had a decent solution is not being listened to and is cast down by the leader. There are also those who are more than willing to be complacent, slothful, looking for nothing else than simple satisfaction in their day-to-day -day lives. These are the people that will sit down and watch TV. These are the people that will smoke marijuana all day long, truly believing that it helps with their anxiety. It helps with this, it helps with that, but it, it does no such thing. There are also those who are wrathful. They're short-tempered, they're quick to anger. They will let their emotions rule them far too much. This then leading to loss of kindness, a loss of heart, and a loss of soul. What this does is disconnect you from your peers your people. Nobody would want to be around the hothead simply because, well, nobody wants to be yelled at, nobody wants to be screamed at, and those that do are either masochists or sadists, as they simply wish to join in on the fight. There's nothing to be gained through violence. There's nothing to be gained through greed, pride, wrath. Then we have people who envy. You can look at the people who are envious as people who always want what their neighbor has. The man who tries to get his wife to the man who tries to get another man's wife to cheat. The woman who sees that other people are doing far better than her and seeks to get achieve that however it is she may. 
rather than trying to first better herself and achieve the same level of peace that those people have. The phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side. Well, once you get to the other side, you get a bit of a clear perspective. Do you know how to maintain the grass on the other side? Do you know how to keep the things that you have once you have gotten there without the prerequisite knowledge, without knowing, without having what you need to maintain what you already have, you simply cannot say that the grass will always be greener on the other side. The second you hop the fence to the next yard over to look at the grass on the other side and say to yourself, it is greener. A day will pass and the, great, the grass's greenness will fade. And then again, the grass from where you just came from will be green once again. As somebody else has moved in and taken into, is taken it upon themselves to ensure the greenness of the grass. Someone who knows better than you to take care of it. So before you jump ship on any projects, ideas, or anything that you find to be too difficult for you and seek the easy way out, look within yourself and ask, am I good? Am I simply seeking what others have because I want it and I cravenly want it? Or do I simply not know how to care for what I have enough and want more even though I cannot take care of? Are my hands already so full that I cannot carry more without first fashioning for myself a satchel to carry it with? On lust, lust will lead to the same a similar outcome as envy, only somewhat worse. In the same way that masturbation drains you of energy, nutrients, and soul, giving your soul to as many women as possible in that sense saying that you are so far more pleasurable than even putting in the work to better myself. My brothers, my sisters, you are giving away an important and critical part of yourself to so many people simply for a moment of pleasure. That simple moment of pleasure gains you nothing more than a bond that will last with you throughout your entire life. And that momentary bond, that critical moment where you do end up climaxing, orgasming, with these people that is ingrained within them for the rest of their lives they'll remember that as much as they may try to beat it down wash it away or remember that oh it was just meaningless sex congratulations you have made something meaningless out of something sacred what is more sacred than creating life as we were created if you look to evolution and see that we came from a cell, single-celled organisms then evolved into multicellular, so on and so forth, into what we have today as human nature, humans, animals, plants, fungus, bacteria, etc. Was it not sacred that life arose in the first place? Was it not sacred that by mere chance we were given life? Why would we not then worship the idea of creating life as something to be protected, something to be given a special gravity gravitas but so many people will look to this and say but it's just sex it's just the expulsion of fluid it feels so good well yes but was it truly not better than the first time you ever did it those who will seek to mix pleasure and pain they are both sadistic and masochistic they enjoy both hurting themselves by imploring such debauched methods of pleasure as well as sadistic by wanting to inflict these pains upon others and truly there is no more sign of moral degradation than wishing pain upon others for any purpose wishing to be in pain for any reason whether it is wishing to be in pain for any reason besides atonement for your sins the being sins being very broad is foolish seeking pain of any kind for anything other than atonement of what wrongs you have put upon another 
is foolish. Seeking pleasure out of pain is to ignore purpose of pain in and of itself. A mistake. Employing methods of pain and pleasure for the acts of reproduction, or in the cases of those who've grown older and can no longer produce, is debauched. It is the peak of moral degradation. It is the destruction of one's true identity as a human being. It is a return to being the beast. It is a return to destruction, as they are destroying the part of themselves that truly loves humanity. They look at it as an act of pleasure, and well and certainly it is an act of love. To love someone so much that you would seek to create life with them, that is what sex is. To know that they are perfect beyond compare for you, that is what love is. To know that you can better them and that they can better you, that is what love is. To look upon sex with anything other than that view is toxic, depraved, and truly reprehensible. This all harkens back to us lacking self-control, control of any kind for ourselves, knowing that if we had more self-control, not only would we be better at controlling our actions. We would be far more in tune with the holy and powerful nature. If living like an animal is what they want us to be, then we should live as gods and godly. The creation story that's told in the Bible, for example, took God six days to make the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested. This can be equated to your daily life as well. Work for six days out of the week. Give it your all, put thought into it. But on the seventh day, you will allot a small amount of time to rest, to sleep, to regather yourself, and to relax, to allow yourself peace before you return to the work that you must continue for you, yourself, your family, and for whatever else it is that you truly need to accomplish. For there is always work to be done, always. But all work and no time to relax will kill you. It will ruin you. It will make you feel as though that there is nothing else. So take time, calm yourself, and enjoy the moment. Smell the roses, look off into the sunset, watch the sun rise, look at the trees, and smile. Look at the grass, smell the air. Live in tune with the cosmos with God. I myself, I believe in God. I won't say which, but I more than wholeheartedly believe in God. Whether it's the Judeo-Christian, the Muslim, the Hindu, the Nordic, the South American gods, as there are a great variety of deities that people have worshipped over the years. But I more than wholeheartedly believe in a God that loves us, that cares for us, that cherishes our lives, and seeks for us to be more like him. And the only such God I can think of that would want us to be more loving, more kind, generous and benevolent to our peers can only be the god of gods for everything else is simply the work of satan and i mean satan in a very broad sense as well the act of being beastly the act of not seeking a higher self a higher place for you if we want to equate this to crystals we can look at let's say from stones to stone you have quartz quartz has the properties of enhancing spiritual growth spirituality awareness and wisdom inspiration and creativity knowing these it can also aid with a variety of other things yes. rose quartz is associated with love you have moldovite which is a protective it is shielding there's tiger's eye balances the soul alleviates anxiety and restores confidence it can also be used to increase wealth and vitality and it brings great protection against negative energy it strengthens one's own value of oneself the most beautiful of them and the most sought after are diamonds created through the most immense pressure, time, and heat there is. And yet their structure, when looked at, is so simple. It is so strong, and yet so simple. And the same can be looked at with godly people. Godly people being strong, but simple. Wise, but simple. Knowing that the base values that many people carry 
are that of a beast, that being seeking of pleasure, the seeking of ease, the seeking of a fight to prove oneself as a wolf would amongst its pack, is foolish. For there is no greater cause to cling to than the betterment of yourself and those around you. Benefiting others benefits you. The sole purpose of doing good acts is not to pleasure oneself, for there is no greater good deed than simply doing good for the sake of doing good for another. We are given what we are given. We are a canvas to be painted by our experiences in life. How we choose to paint that canvas, the choices we make are the brush strokes, and the paint is simply what the world gives to us. So if you're choosing to paint your life as a tragedy by consuming a tragic lifestyle, seeking after pain, seeking after pleasure, seeking after ease of living, then truly there is nothing more for you than pain, tragedy, and a simple and easy death. Seeking after what is difficult, tumultuous, and difficult to capture, well, by no means will death come after you with ease. By no means will your life be easy, but the world will give you far many more paints to choose from to paint a far more vivid canvas upon your life. But nonetheless, the canvas with which we are given is what you are given. You cannot paint upon a different place. You cannot be a different canvas, for that is what we are dealt by the cosmos, by God, by the world, however you want to view that which looks down upon us, smiling upon us, hoping that we will take a better path for ourselves. We seek the highest of places. We all do. We seek happiness. We seek glory. We seek out people that will make us better. But if we ourselves are not willing to take action, if we ourselves are not ready or willing to move, then there is truly nothing for us, nothing at all. And if truly you cannot do it, then you have already died and you do not know it. You are merely a hollow shell waiting to be cast aside into the dirt to return to the earth from which you were born. To control one's soul is to have a discipline and fervor, a drive to create for yourself and your family. Whether or not you have any kin, a family may still come from you, doing away with whatever has happened to you in your past. The only thing from your past that you ought retain is the knowledge that you have grown, the knowledge that you have gained that will better those and make others around you better for themselves and for others as well. Whether or not there is an afterlife, whether or not this life is all there is, is irrelevant. You are given a life to live. You are given time upon this earth. Would you lay down and die. Let yourself truly stop living because it is too difficult. The time you are given here may have no clear and definite purpose. It is you who gives yourself purpose. What is your purpose? What do you want from the world? What do you seek to change about the world? Because you can't change others. You can't change how others are going to react to what you say. But you can seek to help them in the same way that you can give someone a ride, take them down the street and say, thank you bus driver, I appreciate your service to the same way that you can give food to the man who is starving, to the same way you can give love to someone who was unloved and let them know that people do love, people are kind, people can be generous, and people can be understanding. But the only way this is possible is by disciplining your base instincts. Look to the Christian's seven deadly sins on what to avoid becoming like in life. You will find many things that you consume on a day-to-day -day basis fall into those categories of the seven deadly sins. And whatever it is, 
that you are consuming that is making you that way, do away with it. Throw it away. Cut it out of your life. It'll be difficult for a time, and you will be tempted to return to it, to doing nothing, to seeking nothing. But in that same moment, you will also have a secondary thought. Why am I being drawn back to this? For what purpose? What is this temptation I feel to lay back down and let myself die? Only there will you find the truth that I will explain in later episodes. Thank you for joining me. This has been nothing much to it, where there truly is nothing much to it but to do it, because idle hands do the devil's work. Thank you for joining me. Signing off.